When I was 17, I killed my best friend and burned down an abandoned old mansion in the woods. Then I had to live the rest of my life. in West Virginia with the hope that she might finally be able to face the demons she'd been running from her whole life. I think if I went back home, maybe I could start writing again. Little does she know, they've been waiting for her all along. You know you can't ever leave me. You don't even want to. We all have to make trades in life. This for that. But tell me, do you know what is really important to you? Are you feeling well? WSF Productions invites you to brave the foggy streets of Gun Cotton, West Virginia. The nightmare haze of dream and delusion and the mists of time itself in this, the fifth season of the West Side Fairy Tales. Scars in Time. A 20-episode sonically-driven horror narration written, directed, and produced by Tyler Bell. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Learn more at westsidefairytales.com. You are not sad. You are not afraid. You are not hateful because you are here. You are here. You are inside and you are ready. You are here. You are in. And doesn't it feel good? You are in the house and the house is in the woods. You are in the house. And the house is in you. Elizabeth Thomas, Catherine House.
Welcome to Books in the Freezer, a podcast dedicated to the deliciously disturbing world of horror fiction. I'm your host, Stephanie, and school is in session. So who better to join me than, once again, book reviewer for Ladies of Horror Fiction, Sci-Fi and Scary, and Rumork Magazine, among others, and also teacher, Tracy Robinson. Hey, how are you? (laughs) Hey, it's good to have you back. Very good. I've been trying to like catch my uh, catch my breath between reading and school and reviewing and I'm kind of glad to just sit here and talk about books <laughs> for an evening so books about school though is that okay yeah that's fine I'll recover <laughs> <laughs> I have I have a drink waiting for me downstairs so we're good <laughs> so we are doing boarding school horror stories today yeah they can get pretty creepy that's for sure Yeah, I will say up top, mine are a lot more horror adjacent. (laughs) Usually I try to put at least like one like real horror book in there. But I will say this time uh, up front, mine are pretty much all room temperature, a little more horror adjacent, but they all at least have some horror elements in them. Yeah, and I think that's fine. Um, Like, for instance, in October for Ladies of Horror Fiction, we're doing a whole we're trying to do a whole themed thing on horror adjacent books. Oh, yeah. I think those end up being some of my favorite. They do. You know, they do. Um, sometimes you don't need the full on blast of of horror in your face to really enjoy a good, creepy story. You know, so horror, Jason, I think is fine. Uh, I know I keep talking about it, but I read The Third Hotel by Laura Vandenberg, and it's definitely in that, like, weird unsettling kind of fever dreamy type of story and I can't stop thinking about it I think they're they're like those kind of books that like dig into your brain and just like live there for a while yeah it sounds really good um Samantha I'm gonna I don't know how to say her last name properly Schweblin I think she writes a lot of horror adjacent uh, stuff like Mouthful of Birds um and one that I read a while ago, but I can't remember its name, but it's more like a, it's like a fever dream type book. So it's more. That's what it's the called. Hor- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The horror comes from like, oh, that's what it's called. <laughs> when I told you teacher brain is <laughs> teacher brain is a thing. Okay. But yeah, it's just like the feeling you get from it, even if it, I mean, there's still some horrific stuff on the pages, but it's that that atmosphere you get from it too yeah I have mom brain right now like my six month old is teething and I'm doing like three days a week virtual school I am just (laughs) holding on by a thread I was lucky enough that my kids go to a different school district so they started fully virtual and my mom I'm lucky enough that my mom is retired and my dad teaches for a college and he was also home so she handled all of the virtual schooling of my kids for me it was so nice to just drop them off at my parents house and then I picked them up and everything was done so oh that is oh, nice <laughs> yeah oh but you know and my kids like my students they're hybrids so I see one group of kids Monday, Tuesday, everybody's virtual Wednesday, and then another group of kids Thursday, Friday. 
that's how my son's school is like he's the monday tuesday pod from my side of it i have to repeat like everything i do on monday tuesday on thursday friday so one school week starts feeling like two weeks packed into one oh, man. <laughs> groundhog day repeating myself i can't imagine as a teacher how that must be so are you doing like zoom calls and sending like worksheets home with them that's kind of what my son is getting well kind of we have all of my we use uh, google classroom um so what the way we handle it or the way i handle it is everything for the week is planned out and it posts monday morning at eight o'clock so they can work on all of that stuff and then when i see them we look at it as like bonus time so like one day I might show them a quick clip of something and then go over some stuff in class that needs more explanation. And then the next day I turn it into like conferences and like a help day. So I go around and help them with all the work. So it's kind of nice. Like, I feel like it's just rough on everyone's end because it's rough on this end trying to get a six-year-old to sit still and pay attention on a Zoom call and not just like make faces at themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Jake is eight and he had a like a computer chair and mom said she would look in and he would just be spinning around in a circle in a circle oh there's four teachers (laughs) I know so I hear the teacher when she's like please don't take your tablets all around it makes us dizzy please mute yourselves like over and over again I remember that there was one she was trying to teach these third graders how to do a split screen on their computer. And I was like, oh, no, that's like real life boarding school horror. (laughs) Only it's in our houses. So, yeah, speaking of school horrors, what is so appealing about boarding school stories? Because it's definitely a thing. It's definitely its own subgenre. Oh, I agree. For me, I just like the fact and maybe this is because I like horror so much that they're just kind of trapped. You know, it's usually younger kids who are dropped off by their parents. And where are they going to go? You know, like they can't. It's almost like a Lord of the Flies thing. They have to they have to make do with whatever gets thrown their way. Yeah, I agree. And it's also sad at one location. And like a lot of middle grade, it is a good device to kind of get rid of parents in stories. Yeah, so they can't be like, well, my, you know, there's nobody jumping in to save them and all that good stuff. So, yeah, so like every, it kind of evens everything out. So all the students and characters are kind of on a level playing field. I mean, to the point that they probably even wear uniforms and they all, you know, are dressed the same. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It does allow younger characters a little bit more independence while also kind of trapping them. <laughs> In this environment? I feel like if somebody really wanted to, they could create a nasty boarding school horror because you can it throw whatever at them. They can't they can't escape. It's a captive audience, you know? That it's they can't get out of it. I do like that in the world building and world building is so important because it's these characters' whole world for this story. I think in these stories, social hierarchies become that much more important because there is no outside interests outside of school. Like, your life is school. Your classmates are your only friends. They are the only people you see. The teachers and staff are the only adults you will see. I know. And, and you know, and a lot of the ones that I've watched or that I can, like, just, like, if I think in my head, like, vaguely about it, a lot of times the teachers are kind of removed from the situation. So those social hierarchies you mentioned are, that's it. You know, that's all you have as far as like 
any kind of social structure. And it is interesting in different stories to see what the social hierarchy depends on. Because, I mean, if we're thinking about, like, if it's a prestigious boarding school, then maybe, like, your name is what makes you stand out. Or I read a book where it was girls in a convent that were kind of dropped off by their parents. So the social hierarchy there was the girls who still got letters from home or still got visitors. Like they were kind of at the social hierarchy. So like that's kind of different within each story too. Yeah, they have their little, they have their little cliques. Um, mm-hmm. I read Ninth House over the summer by Lee Bardugo and it's got... I was going. I was going to select it, but it's not. It's it's Yale. So, but there are all these houses and social hierarchies, and it's like who you knew and where, like the secret societies. So, if your parents belong to this special group within the school, then you could belong to the special group within the school. Um, so, mm. stuff like that. That's interesting. That could have been a good one. I mean, my first pick is not. I think is it's post high school. Yeah, I picked a graduate school one too. So, so we're we're even. Yeah. So talking about other good boarding school stories, I did want to start off mentioning Harry Potter, but I know there's a lot of baggage that comes with Harry Potter now, thanks to J.K. Rowling and her awful transphobic views. Uh, I can't. I I never followed her in the first place, but yeah, she's I blocked. Didn't. So. <laughs> I didn't either. I just kind of want to be like, isn't it weird that all the Harry Potter books just kind of showed up one day without an author? Like, it was weird. We just all as a society accept that, that one day they just kind of came into existence and they belong to us now. Yeah. And, that you know, and one of the things that's so, I mean, beyond the obvious, another thing that's so infuriating is that she really, it really is an excellent example of boarding school and it is horror adjacent i guess it's hard to promote something like that when it's gonna hurt people just you know because of her so yeah i felt like it was one we had to mention but also definitely bring up yeah that it's harmful to some people and her views are terrible and books in the freezer does not stand by that so definitely not one of my favorite books ever is a boarding school story and that's never let me go by kazuo ishiguru have you read that one or seen the movie i haven't read that one Uh, i've heard of it but i haven't read him before so Uh, it's so good but it's one of those like i can't talk about it because like everything depends on you going into the story as blind as possible i will say you kind of follow this group of friends as they are in the boarding school, but then also kind of when they graduate and are released into the real world, but they're different. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> okay, uh, well, I already made a note that I need to pick that up, so. Uh, it is so good. Like, I'm telling you, that is one of my favorite books of all time. Okay. And the movie was really good, too. It's got, like, Andrew Garfield and Kira Knightley. Ooh. Well, now, should I read it before I watch it? Yeah, definitely. What else? Oh, in school, we had to read a separate piece. And I'm just here to say that I hate that book with a passion. Oh, no. (laughs) You're a teacher. Do you, like, have you read this or, like, assigned it? I have never assigned it. I feel, I I know I've read it, but I think I blocked it out. So maybe I didn't, I didn't like it either. I don't know. I mean, I read it in the 10th grade, so it's been of like over a decade <laughs> so I can't pinpoint exactly why but I remember 
as a 15 year old having very strong feelings about why I hated this book so much and felt like it was a waste of my time. It's such an older book. I'm when I read it, I was probably 10th or a little earlier. Um, but that was like 1993. It's still a really old book. It's I don't know. I tend to pick newer books for my kids to read for the most part or something that I've read before that is actually like interesting <laughs> because I don't yeah, want to yeah. be that teacher that's like uh, assigns the book that everybody talks about a decade later and can't stand it. So, <laughs> Well, I remember I for some reason my class was split in half and like half of us read a separate piece and the other half read A House on Mango Street. And I remember thinking, I much rather would have read A House on Mango Street. I love that book than reading about stupid white boys at a dumb boarding school around World War One. And I think what I hated was like the the main character's best friend was just like too saccharine in the way he was written. And I just hated it. It got under my skin. Stuff like that, I don't think age because, you know, kids don't act like that anymore. So you don't have any like frame of reference to be like, oh, that makes sense. You're like, what? I would never do that. Yeah. And I think it was one of those things where like the blurb on the back as I'm going into this book, it's like the blurbs made it sound super dramatic. And then what actually happened in the book, I didn't feel like was that big of a deal. But like the blurb on the back was like two friends. One will make a decision that's going to like change the course of like everyone's lives in this school. And I'm like, I guess I guess that's what happens. But like when it happened, I'm like, don't tell me this is this is the thing that happened. Because <laughs> that was very overhyped. And I am upset. <laughs> they they oversold that part i guess (laughs) and then i wanted to recommend two thrillers that don't quite fit into horror but are fun books nonetheless uh one of them is all the beautiful strangers and this is a thriller at like a boarding school high school um but there's a secret society and our main character gets like you know one of those like secret envelopes to meet at the secret place after lights out and there's possibly a murder involved Hmm. That sounds good. And then The Secret Place, which is the fifth book in the Dublin Murder Squad series that I am obsessed with by Tana French. And this is about a boy who is found murdered at a girls boarding school in Ireland. Uh, But this is a year later and they are called because someone has written on the walls. I I know who did it. I just love all the Dublin Murder Squad (laughs) books. I've never even heard of them before. This is some another one I need to grab, do you think? Oh, yeah. The first one was like huge in the woods by Tana French. It's like that series. It's like in the woods, the likeness, faithful place, broken harbor in the secret place. Broken harbor is on my like favorite books of all time. Okay. But yeah, it follows like their, their it's like their homicide unit in Dublin. It's called like Dublin Murder Squad. And you're following a different detective each book. And then the detective in the next book is like a background character in the previous book so you kind of get an idea of them and then they get like their own perspective like their next book so um there's a few that i haven't i don't have for my choices today i feel like i'm cheating because i'm like mentioning all these <laughs> other ones but they're not my choices <laughs> that's what i just said so go for it <laughs> um the first one is down a dark hall by lois duncan um and i had forgotten about it you know i read it when i was a kid uh, my 11-year-old daughter is she read Killing Mr. Griffin by right for the first she's like this is really good and so of course she got a bunch of Lois Duncan books for Christmas I got this one and this one is where um it's like Blackwood Hall and the 
main character goes and she thinks that it's evil, uh, but she kind of settles into a routine and tries to avoid, like, uh, ignore everything. But then her classmates um, start showing, like, odd talents and extraordinary things that they can do. And then there's strange dreams. And it's just, you know, the last line of the synopsis says, when Kit and her friends realize that Blackwood isn't what it claims to be, it might be too late. So I read that one recently and really liked it. Um, did she get the like updated version? Because the version I read was like modernized and you can I felt like <laughs> it was kind of copy pasted in there. Like instead of she wrote a letter, it's like and she emailed them. <laughs> I don't this one is a new one, but like I'm looking through here and like chapter 11. Oh, my name is in here. It says, Dear Tracy, this is going to seem like a crazy letter. I'm thinking maybe it is the updated one, but maybe it's only doing that a few times. But we'll see, because I'm going to reread this one. I have fond memories of reading that when I was in, like, middle school or something like that. So the next one uh, is an is an old book. Um, not not old, old, but Shadowland by Peter Straub. Um, it's this kind of – he writes these very – I don't know. Have you read um, – what is that famous book? He, Ghost something. Ghost story. Ghost story. Did, have you read that one? Um, I've tried on multiple occasions. <laughs> <laughs> so this one is the a lot same of people I, love it. A lot of people love it. So. In my memory, I like that one, but I don't know if it'll total up on a reread. That was like I was going to reread this one too, um, and with all the other stuff that you know we have to read, I was like, eh, because it's about four hundred and seventy pages, <laughs> and it's just I don't know. But it's an all male prep school in Arizona. Um, and then there's a like a weird magician uncle that I remember, but it, he does get back into that kind of, I don't want to call it literary horror because I don't really like that term, but like very vague and kind of hard to get into writing, but it is still a pretty decent read, maybe a little easier than ghost stories. So I thought huh. I'd need to bring it up. And then the last one that's not a pick only because I haven't finished it yet um, is Say Her Name by Juno Dawson and this is a girls boarding school high school and um they decide to play Bloody Mary and so far at about 50 percent things are getting pretty crazy so I'm really excited to see how this one's going to end Ooh, yeah it's a it's a short one I think it's a novella so Mm. no I did my best to try to get it finished but eh. (laughs) life happens (laughs) yeah definitely Um, And one I wanted to mention that has been mentioned on the show before, but isn't one of my picks, but I thought we couldn't not talk about Dread Nation by Justina Ireland. Um, So this is kind of a historical fiction zombie story, but in this like alternate history, the Battle of Gettysburg gets interrupted by the dead rising up and walking. So they kind of table Uh, the Battle of Gettysburg for the moment and kind of deal with the imminent threat. And so in this alternate history, there is no end of the Civil War. Like there's no uh, Emancipation Proclamation. Things do not turn out the way that they have turned out in this history. And so instead, there is like a special boarding school for Black girls and uh, Native American girls, and they are sent and basically trained to be helpers to 
like upper class white women and basically fight off zombies. That is their job to kind of be their little aides and fight off zombies and make sure that they don't mess with the white women that they will be assigned to later on. And we follow a main character who is re- have you read this one? I haven't read this one, but um, like three of the ladies of horror fiction team just finished it and they loved it. So they're oh, getting ready okay. to read the second one too. Yeah, I have the second one on my TBR. I I really need to get to it because I know like Rachel read it and really liked it. And a couple of listeners messaged me to tell me that the sequel was even better. Yeah, I've seen it on tons of lists. I'm, I mean, I'm definitely going to have to get to it at some point, I think. Now I can't remember the main character's name, but she's like a ton of fun and super spunky. But yeah, then she catches the attention of some people and maybe gets kidnapped and becomes part of a large conspiracy. My goodness. So it sounds, it sounds really good, though. Yeah, it's really, really good. I feel like I explained it all wrong because it's been so long since I have read it. But we're just having moments today. That's okay, though. All right. So are we ready to talk about some of our actual picks? Because we have been talking about books. Yeah, we can, let's go for it. So my first book is Catherine House by Elizabeth Thomas. Um, I did want to put a trigger warning in here for suicide. So in this book, Catherine House is a very exclusive boarding school. It's a liberal arts study. They are kind of weird about calling themselves like a college or a university. Like they don't call themselves that, but it's definitely like a post high school program. And Catherine House has produced scientists, politicians, Supreme Court justices. Like, it's very prestigious, but it's very secretive. They don't let any outsiders in. Like, you're not allowed to film or record anything about the premises or the property. Yeah, they very rarely let any media people or anyone into the building or the property and when you're a student and you come in they make you leave everything from the outside world behind like even your clothes like when you get there they have clothes for you to change into and when you go you are basically agreeing to stay for three full years summers too to do your course of study just completely cut off from the outside world so it's a pretty intense program And for Inez, um, she feels like she's really lucky to be here. This is the closest thing she's had to a home and she doesn't want to do anything to endanger those chances. And she becomes really close with her roommate, Baby. Uh, But when Baby meets a tragic end, Inez starts to look closely at the institution and possibly its sinister agenda. Now, Tracy, I know you read this one. I have. I have. I'm glad you put it on here because... um... I have such a like a love hate relationship with this book. <laughs> like I, I went into it like yes, I cannot wait to. It, the premise sounds amazing, and it. When I finished it, I did not like it. And I didn't want to see the book anymore. Um, <laughs> and then my friend Audra, she wrote this great review for it, and I read a review, and I'm like, you know what? She's right. And now, like, I don't know how many months away I am from when I read it. I keep liking it more and more now that I think about it. What did you think of it? Yeah, it's very weird. And I will say right now that it's not for every reader. And like one thing I hope to do with the podcast is like when I describe a book, 
I want you to like hear about it and know whether it's going to be for you or not. And this one, I'm going to say definitely not for every reader. It is one of those. It is along the line of those like kind of hazy, fever dreamy type of narratives, I thought. Yeah, it really was, especially like some of the evenings that they spend were just kind of like, wait, what's going on? It was, I don't know. And the way the house is described, super creepy. (laughs) This one I felt like had the most atmosphere and I feel super lame being like, and I felt like it was a character into itself because that's such a a cliche thing to say, but it really was like Catherine House is kind of its own sinister, like imposing character. And I mean, when Inez kind of starts looking into things and questioning things and wondering like, hey, why why did we all get picked for this? Like, what what do we all have in common? What are the common factors here between all of us? Like, it's interesting. It is. It def- you know what? I think it, I think maybe she intended it to be a character because they that's how they, that's what they call it. You know, everybody calls it Catherine House. Welcome to Catherine House. Well, mm-hmm. Catherine House doesn't doesn't like it when people act like this and Catherine House this. And it's like, OK. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why. Yeah, it definitely gives off that feeling that the house itself has its likes and dislikes and rules and it's not people. It's the house. So, yeah. For rating, I'm going to say it's room temperature. It's a super weird atmospheric story you can get lost in the prose like if you're a prose geek um i will say not super frightening the horror is kind of in the institution and it's possible oppression and you were talking earlier about kind of uh the being trapped that's a lot of the horror in this too is that these people literally cannot leave for three years or they will forfeit this very prestigious degree like the stakes are kind of high in that they have a lot to lose (laughs) by leaving so when they have issues they kind of have nowhere to go um and everyone's kind of in on this it's like a cult definitely i get that vibe yeah it's very culty so yeah that is catherine house by elizabeth thomas um for my first pick i'm going to go with the bone weavers orchard by sarah reed i'll just read the synopsis really quickly it says Uh, He's run away from home. That's what they say every time one of Charlie Winslow's friends vanishes from the old cross school for boys. It's just a tall tale. That's what they tell Charlie when he sees the ragged gray figure stalking the Abbey Halls at night. When Charlie follows his pet insects to a pool of blood behind a false wall, he could run and let those stones bury their secrets. He could assimilate, focus on his studies, and wait for his father to send for him. Or... He could walk the dark tunnels of the school's heart, scour its abandoned passages, and pick at the scab of a family's legacy of madness and murder. With the help of Sam Forster, the school's gardener, and Matron Grace, the staff nurse, Charlie unravels Old Cross's history and exposes a scandal stretching back to when the school was a home with a noble family and a dark secret. A secret that still haunts its halls with scraping steps, twisting its bones into a new generation of nightmares. So... Um, I know I read this one, um, early just like before it came out, read it like in a, not, not, not necessarily in a sitting, but pretty close to it. If you like the secret garden or the little princess, it has those vibes, I guess. It's like an old crumbling manor. It's set in England, um, very dark and like cobwebby feeling to it. Um, 
Charlie is just this lovable little kid and he loves spiders. So if you, if you don't like spiders, uh, there's definitely some like goosebump inducing spider horror in there, <laughs> even though I don't know if it's intended to be spider horror, but I definitely was like, yuck. Um, because I just, I don't like spiders. Have you read this one yet? No, it was one that I was thinking of reading uh, for this episode. It's been on my radar for a while, and I know it won a Bram Stoker Award, like when it came out. Yeah, um, I I like this because a lot of the stuff, I mean, even with the books that we've mentioned so far, it seems to be more of like geared towards young adult readers, which is fine. Obviously, I like them, but this one is definitely adult horror. <laughs> um, it doesn't pull any punches not that YA ever does but this one just definitely has a different feel to it so it kind of what was cool for me is that I love the secret garden and the little princess so Uh I was immediately hooked by like the atmosphere and the world building that she did just within the school and the grounds so she pretty much just could have written whatever she wanted and I would have loved it so (laughs) I don't know Um, My rating for this one, I'm going to go ahead and say Fridge. There's some truly unsettling scenes when the plot unfolds and the the action really gets moving at the end. I think she's just created this like great spooky location and the storyline just fits it perfectly. So Fridge, Fridge for this book for sure. And that's uh, The Bone Weaver's Orchard by Sarah Reed. Okay, awesome. Um, My next pick is not technically out yet, but I think it will be out. By the time this episode is out, it will be for sure. Uh, And that is Plain Bad Heroines by Emily M. Danforth. And the tagline or like the line that really got me interested in this is that it was described as the favorite meets the haunting of Hill House. And I was like, hello, I'm there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. So it's kind of a, a horror comedy. And so it starts out in 1902 when two impressionable students, Flo and Clara, are obsessed with each other and a memoir written by a woman named Mary McLean. Their bodies are discovered after they were attacked by a swarm of yellow jackets, and Mary McLean's book was at their side. Over a century later, Merritt Emmons writes a best-selling book about the queer feminist history of the institution. Her best-selling book inspires a controversial horror film adaptation starring celebrity actor and lesbian it girl Harper Harper playing the ill-fated heroine Flo opposite B-list actress and former child star Audrey Wells. But as Brooke Hance, that's the school, opens its gates once again and our three modern heroines arrive on set to begin filming, past and present become grimly entangled or perhaps just grimly exploited. And soon, it's impossible to tell where the curse leaves off and Hollywood begins. I really liked this book. I just finished it. I will say it's pretty long. And my track record with books over 500 pages is not great. Uh, and this this passed the test. Like, I finished this. I am very proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> So it's super engrossing. I loved reading from all the different perspectives. So you have kind of the 1902 timeline, which starts after Flo and Clara die. So you're following um, the woman that runs the school. And then in the modern timeline, you're following Merritt, the girl who has written the book, and you're following the two actresses, Harper Harper and Audrey Wells. And 
it's just got such like funny commentary and it's got a narrator who is not a part of the story but is kind of this really funny kind of sarcastic witty omniscient narrator and it's got like a ton of footnotes even about fictional things so if you like that element of like house of leaves and night film like that's in here and just like really funny observations and jokes about like Hollywood and kind of like horror movies and the adaptation process and kind of being a, a social media celebrity and you have like what comes with that. And I don't know, I thought it was a ton of fun, like this modern gothic story at this uh, Rhode Island boarding school. It sounds good. And I have it on my Kindle to read. So maybe I need to kind of bump some stuff and get to it as soon as I can because um, one of the girls on sci-fi and scary Sam she loves night film so I'm definitely gonna have to make sure I tell her about this one too so yeah this one I thought was really funny I am gonna say it's room temperature it's kind of like a modern gothic slow burn it does have great queer representation and it might make you think you hear the buzz of yellow jackets around but Nothing too sinister. That is Plain Bad Heroines by Emily M. Danforth. I feel like my TBR is growing exponentially during this episode. (laughs) I have done my job then. Yes. Yes, you have. All right. So for my second pick, I'm going to choose um, The Death House by Sarah Pembroke. It says Toby's life was perfectly normal until it was unraveled by something as simple as a blood test. Taken from his family, Toby now lives in The Death House. An out-of-time existence from far from the modern world where he and the others who live there are studied by Matron and, their, and her team of nurses. They're looking for any sign of sickness, any sign of their wards changing, any sign that it's time to take them to the sanatorium. No one returns from the sanatorium. So this one I read last year, I think. Um, and it's kind of fuzzy for me, but I was able to kind of like flip back through it and, and really get a feel for it again. Um, this one's kind of like a combination of boarding school and then asylum with like the sanatorium piece. I'm a, like a real sucker for like apocalyptic stories or like strange viruses, which sounds really weird to say right now <laughs> during 2020. Like, okay. But just this idea that they would test all these kids' blood and if they showed markers for this certain disease or this certain tendency, they'd ship them off to this school and like school with quotation marks. And then if they started exhibiting signs of changing, then they got shipped off, like never to be seen again. Um, There's a little like love interest story in there too, but it's like, it's woven in pretty well. Um, So I think I might even actually have my like daughter check it out maybe in a year or two, because I think it's something she would like too. But I think like it also will appeal to like many readers. So it's one that, you know, just because they market it as young adult um, doesn't mean that that's the only group who can read it. So, and I love Sarah Pinborough's like newest thrillers. So it was fun to kind of see something that she wrote a little while ago too. This one, uh, it's room temperature. Like there's some chilling moments and, and like some very creepy things going on, of course. Uh, it's really fast paced, but I definitely think that it's not, it doesn't need to be in the fridge for the most part, at least not for me. And that was The Death House by Sarah Pinborough. My final book is actually a series, <laughs> a whole trilogy. <laughs> um, this, But it's the furthest 
from horror of all my picks. Um, This is Truly Devious by Maureen Johnson. And I'm going to read a bit of the synopsis. Ellingham Academy is a famous private school in Vermont for the brightest thinkers, inventors, and artists. It was founded by Albert Ellingham, an early 20th century tycoon who wanted to make a wonderful place full of riddles, twisting pathways, and gardens. A place, he said, where learning is a game. Shortly after the school opened, his wife and daughter were kidnapped. The only real clue was a mocking riddle listing methods of murder and signed with a frightening pseudonym, truly devious. It became one of the great unsolved crimes in American history. True crime aficionado Stevie Bell is set to begin her first year at Ellingham Academy where she has an ambitious plan. She will solve the cold case. That is, she will solve the cold case when she gets a grip on her demanding new school life and her housemates, the inventor, the novelist, the actor, the artist, and the jokester. But something strange is happening. Truly Devious makes a surprise return, and death revisits Ellingham Academy. The past has crawled out of its grave. Someone has gotten away with murder. I love this trilogy in case you couldn't tell by the fact that it is literally one of my picks so yeah it's this really great uh boarding school for people who are like show a lot of promise or like are outstanding in their field like it's a very arduous application process and you know they only pick a handful of people and everyone is kind of a genius at their specific thing so she in her house one of her roommates is like a really into like mechanical engineering and robotics and her thing is true crime like her obsession with true crime and criminology has gotten her accepted and they all have to do a senior project and kind of start working at it um, since their freshman year and she's decided that her senior project is like to solve the mystery that happened at the school a hundred years ago (laughs) she's like I will do it (laughs) And I thought this was really good representation for if people are looking for um, characters that experience anxiety. Um, Stevie deals with anxiety and panic attacks and she has to take medication for it. And like she has to sometimes like ground herself and use techniques to kind of get her back in the moment and control her breathing. But I loved her as a character. Like I said, she's a big, huge fan she is a huge fan of like true crime podcasts and mysteries and she kind of plays out like a modern Sherlock like she notices things that other people don't notice and of course I loved her because her name is Stevie and she is from Pittsburgh so I kind of felt like maybe we are one in the same (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) except for I'm not a huge fan of like true crime per se but yeah I just like really loved the whole idea of the school and the way that the mystery plays out and uh, just everything about this was just such a fun trilogy and I will say the way that the books are written you need to just read them as one large book because they just leave they all of them well the first two end on such a cliffhanger that you're gonna be like excuse me (laughs) what is going on I need to find out what happens now so that's one of the ones where you have to like you don't just buy the first book just buy all three because you're gonna want them I'm just yeah I'm telling you now because if you read the first one and you read that ending you're gonna be like I'm sorry what (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna need a little more on this so I'm letting you know just have all three ready 
so good and there is like little horror things mentioned um like she's from pittsburgh and someone the guy that's a movie maker like a filmmaker he's talking about how he's really into zombies and he's gonna do like this whole thing on zombies and she's like yeah like i know all about that because i work at the monroeville mall from um the romero movie yes yeah so there's little nods to like horror things like that um I don't know. I just thought this was a very, very fun series. Um, I will say absolutely super room temperature. You can give these to like a young teen, but they are a blast. (laughs) And that is the Truly Devious series by Maureen Johnson. Okay. So for my last pick, um, I am choosing Bunny by Mona Awad. Um, This one, um, is set in an MFA program and the synopsis says Samantha Heather Mackey couldn't be more of an outsider in her small highly selective MFA program at New England's Warren University a scholarship student who prefers the company of her dark imagination to that of most people she is utterly repelled by the rest of her fiction writing cohort a clique of unbearably twee rich girls who call each other bunny and seem to move and speak as one But everything changes when Samantha receives an invitation to the bunny's fabled smut salon and finds herself drawn to their front door, ditching her only friend Ava in the process. As Samantha plunges deeper and deeper into the bunny's sinister yet saccharine world, beginning to take part in the ritualistic off-campus workshop where they conjure their monstrous creations, the edges of reality begin to blur. Soon, her friendships with Ava and the bunnies will be brought into deadly collision. So, like Catherine House, I know that you've tried to read this one too, right? (laughs) I did it. I tried to do it on audio, and I'm wondering if that was maybe the problem. Because, yeah, I mean, the narrator, got. I feel like she really nailed uh, the tone of voice for the bunnies, but I will say it really got under my skin. Like, bunny, why are you doing that? Bunny. And I was like, ugh. Which I, she's doing, a, the narrator was doing a great job. Like, that is how they are supposed to be. <laughs> but I was like, stop it. <laughs> but you're just like, nope, I can't listen to that anymore. <laughs> maybe, I don't know, maybe. Because I know that, like, the ninth house that I mentioned earlier, uh, one of my friends tried to listen to the audio and it just did not work. And so she picked up the book and it worked a lot better for her. So Maybe. Maybe I will. I will try it again. I yeah, and it's also I did not know it was going to be that weird. Like it, it has points where like I'll kind of zone out and then come back and kind of have to hit that thirty second back um, a few times. I was like, I'm sorry, what is happening right now? Did I just hear that right? What 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 is happening? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> especially towards the end, I don't know how far you got, but especially no, towards not the far. end, you'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I like I picked this one, even though it's not exactly boarding school. But like as a scholarship student, she's still pretty much stuck there. Yeah. But it's got like some of the other things that we talked about, like a small setting because it's a small school. It's definitely creepy. Um, and like major issues with the social hierarchies, with the bunnies um, and the yeah. smut salon. And the fun part about this was... Uh, my friend Emily read it and she immediately was like, you have to read this book. <laughs> so usually, <laughs> usually when she says that it's, I'm going to like it because she's really good at picking books that like, I don't, she should be like a personal book shopper. I feel. 
no. Um, anyway, so I read it and I loved it, but I remember thinking like, it, it's crazy. Like half the time I wasn't sure what was happening and I was like, what, like, what is going on? So the same kind of thing that you were talking about, but I was reading the book. And so I just decided that in order to just like fully enjoy it, I just had to like give myself over to the insanity Yeah. <laughs> and just like not like try to figure it out, just kind of go with the, go with the ride. Um, and I'm glad I did. Um, I don't know. It's kind of like mean girls, but evil fever dream mean girls. <laughs> it's so, it's so different. Um, this one was also one of the winners of the 2019 ladies of horror fiction awards for best novel. Um, and I think we all, I think we all read it. Um, and then we're calling each other bunny <laughs> during group <laughs> chats and stuff like, Oh, bunny. Um, it's definitely, I don't know. Maybe it'll get like a cult following or something. I, I feel like that would be fitting for this book. Um, I'm going to, I think I'm going to put this one. I was trying to decide room temperature or fridge. Um, the end definitely has some fridge moments, but I think I'll just set it at room temperature with the possibility for a fridge setting um, as needed, I guess, because of just the, the weird stuff that happens. And when they start doing this smut salon stuff and like it mentioned, like their monstrous creations, then yeah, that's where it might need to like chill out for a little while in the fridge. So um, that was bunny by Mona Awad. Um, did you read You by Caroline Kepnes? I did. I love that book. Yeah. So when I was reading this, it reminded me a lot of the scenes from You where Beck is doing her MFA program and she's kind of doing the reading and she has like the one girl in her class that's really like passive aggressive with the feedback on her stories. So yeah, like the beginning of that kind of gave me a lot of those vibes. So that's kind of what I thought I was in for. And I'm like, okay, like I can deal with this. Like let's dissect this and kind of get into this culture and I'm like oh we are going a very different direction <laughs> from that it's so funny though like because you have you know one of your picks was Catherine House and now we have Bunny yeah and it, even though one's an MFA and one's not there's still like so many similarities as far as like atmosphere I guess mm -hmm. but they both go in completely different directions like still weird and creepy but Catherine House has um maybe some more I don't want to give away too much Catherine House is just different <laughs> yeah <laughs> and Bunny is Bunny tends to go more supernatural I would say than mm -hmm. Catherine House does so all right are we ready for some chilling obsessions yeah let's do it all right so Tracy what have you been enjoying lately recently I've been kind of checking out some more Korean horror movies um, there's this one called hashtag alive on Netflix. Um, and that one was pretty good. It's a zombie movie. Um, and I was really excited because I love train to Busan. Um, I don't love this one as much, but it's definitely good. But the one I wanted to mention for sure, um, that kind of terrified me is called Ganjiam. Um, it's G O N G I A M haunted asylum. It's on shutter. Um, and it's a found footage film, and these this group of friends goes to, well, a haunted asylum, um, and it just kind of chronicles, like, they're trying to do this for social media hits, like, going live, and so they get so many hits on their, on their video, and, like, good things happen for them or something, and of course, it doesn't, it doesn't go well, 
there is this one scene, I don't know, probably about three quarters of the way through. And there's this woman and I'm not going to give away too much, but I kept seeing her face over and over in my head after I finished watching. Like I was just like in abject terror watching the end of this movie. Like, Oh my, Oh my. (laughs) Um, It was super scary. Have you, have you watched any of those before? No, I think Emily has recommended uh, the Gonchiam Haunted Asylum, and I need to watch that one. Um, but no, they've all been on my watch list. But I did start uh, two episodes of Monsterland today. Yes, it's on my list to watch soon. How is it? Is it good? So I loved North American Lake Monsters, the short story collection that it's based off of. Like I think that's one of my favorite short story collections. And so I watched the first two episodes and they are very good adaptations. I will say I wasn't having like a super great mental health day today to be a little transparent. And I forgot that these are um, not the most upbeat stories. Like there are a lot of social commentary and I'm like laying there watching them and I'm like, oh, I forgot. These are low key real depressing. (laughs) And I totally forgot that they are like very dark and sometimes bleak. <laughs> oh no! Um, well, have you watched the other adaptation of his um, *Visible Filth*? Yes, um, that was a real WTF. I mean, it was kind of a WTF story to begin with. <laughs> yeah, like I thought it did a really good job with the atmosphere. The first one has shoot what is that actress's name she's really good um she's on book smart um anyway she's like the waitress from that story she did a really good job in that and then the second one had charlie tahan who was really good he's on ozark as wyatt langmore and he's kind of playing a similar character (laughs) but um yeah just like the the social commentary of like how someone in this day and age gets like can get radicalized online so yeah not the most uplifting uplifting stuff um (laughs) like I'm like oh this is this is good not (laughs) not the best thing to watch on a day like today (laughs) like I'm watching it well, like with a lot of bleak horror, I'm like, wow, this is like very artistic and great and wonderfully done. Um, I don't know that it did the best for me for my mental health at the moment, but I can tell you it is art. So anyway, that is my, uh, I was going to say review, not a review. I've watched two episodes and they were good. <laughs> very good. Well, I think we're both looking forward to um, Haunting of Bly Manor. Oh, yes. I love Haunting of Hill House. And so I, like, you know, I see their tweets all the time, like the Haunting of Bly Manor. And I liked one of their tweets because I was just going through and I liked it. And I don't know if you've ever done that. But then they, like, tweeted at me and they're like, at Lady underscore Ganya, like, we are waiting for you. And I was like, I know this is like a marketing thing, but it, like, I was creeped out. I'm like, oh. <laughs> they haven't so maybe it's just you and you should be careful <laughs> so you are the first person 
that's gonna have two final girl songs on the playlist yay i hope i picked i i hope i picked one that's not already on there so i choose back in black by acdc nice i think it's fitting since the one before was paint it black so i have like a theme going here but i love that song and it's just so like whenever it comes on i have to crank it up on the radio so having it playing while i'm like walking away from the destruction i've just survived that sounds good to me nice i feel like all the ones that i've picked for it are more like funny (laughs) (laughs) and mine are like it's just like badass like yeah (laughs) mine are like i'm skipping along with like a axe in my hand to she works hard for the money by donna summer you know (laughs) (laughs) it puts me in mind of that oh what was that movie i watched that was horror but it made me laugh oh little monsters with nupita leongo like i feel like that would be the that would be a perfect song for for that one (laughs) (laughs) all right well i will add that to the playlist and no one has picked it yet but it will go perfectly on there and I might also add She Works Hard for the Money by Donna Summer. <laughs> I think you should. I think it's perfect. I can't, like, as soon as it's all done, I'm definitely, like, adding this to my Spotify list, so. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Yes, it was great. Anytime. I'd love to come back. All right. Books in the Freezer is a bi-weekly podcast. We post episodes every other Tuesday. You can find us on Twitter at Books Freezer Pod, on Instagram at Books in the Freezer, or at Facebook at facebook.com slash books in the freezer. You can send us an email at books in the freezer at gmail.com. Show notes for this episode and all previous episodes are at booksinthefreezer.com. I'm Stephanie. You can find me on Twitter at Lady underscore Ganya. That's L-A-D-Y underscore G-A-G-N-O-N. On Instagram at That's What She Read. That's That's with two A's. And on YouTube as That's What She Read. We are on Patreon at patreon.com slash books in the freezer. We also have an Amazon link and that will be in the show notes. So a big thank you to all of you that do that. I'm Stephanie. You can find me on Twitter at lady underscore Ganya. That's L-A-D-Y underscore G-A-G-N-O-N. Or on Instagram at that's what she read. That's that's with two A's. Or on YouTube at that's what she read. And join us next time for Books in the Freezer. <laughs> <laughs>